Hi, welcome to the ministry of Prophet Daniel Jedu, a word and spirit based ministry because we are born of the word and born of the spirit. His God given mandate is to raise babes in Christ into spiritual maturity by a deliberate teaching of the complete and pure word of God and the fellowship of the Holy Spirit and to take the gospel to the nations of the earth. Prophet Daniel Jedu is the lover of the word and a passionate teacher of the word of God. And his ministry is accompanied by strong teaching, healing, and prophetic grace. All over the world, his teachings are busting the faith of many people and revealing what the mind of God is for them. Many people have come to receive supernatural encounters through his ministry. The message you're about to listen to has been designed specifically to grow you into spiritual maturity. So many people have received testimonies by listening to Prophet Daniel Jedu's podcast. Say your testimony with leaving a write-up of it in the comment section or you can send it to us via email at contact at wordloversglobal.com. Now, Prophet Daniel Jedu walks us through the word. Stay tuned. When we preach the gospel, we are reviewed. For we have become the righteousness of God. We, today, we are the righteousness of God. In Christ Jesus. You. You are the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. Do you understand that? So the Bible says that I am not ashamed of the gospel of Christ Jesus. For it is the, it is the power of God unto salvation first to the Jew and to the Greek. Then he said, for what? Therein is the righteousness of God. Revealed. Okay, I'm not you be saying, okay, this righteousness is only talking about God's righteousness. But today you are inseparable from it. You are. Okay. Look at it. Everybody read one go. That you might be made. You might be made the righteousness of God. You. So today, you have become the righteousness of God. You see? So, and the Bible says that when the gospel is preached, the righteousness of God is revealed. (laughs) So who is revealed? Exactly. You think it's blasphemy? It's not. The Bible says, I am the righteousness of God. Do you know why you are the righteousness of God? Because righteousness was a gift that was imputed on you. Romans 5:17 TPT. Reason why you must know this. Because when you are, you are ah, I'm the righteousness of God. Say I'm the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. Say it again. I am the righteousness of God in Say it again. I am the righteousness of Okay, so your faith transfers God's what to you. 
That is why you have become the righteousness of God. Because God's righteousness, his righteousness, what every righteousness that he has, you have become. That's what we call right standing. That is why, you see, you don't need to do anything to have right standing with God. Because you cannot receive righteousness by work. Today, when you go and preach outside, some people will tell you that, you know, um, because I have not stopped sinning, let me, let me, I have not stopped doing this, I have not stopped drinking, so let me stop. Let me ask God for forgiveness. Let me do this. Because they think it's something they, mu they must do to receive what? God's righteousness. So that they can be right with God. Now, the other thing is that people don't understand righteousness. Please, what is righteousness? Right standing. What does right standing with God mean? That, when you ask anybody, that is where they get to. So, the issue of righteousness has not been understood. So, people don't embrace that we, are, we, have, we have become. You hit your chest and said, I am every righteousness that God has. I am that one. So, when you see me born again, you have seen God's righteousness. That is who we are. If I see you like this, I have seen God's righteousness. God is in heaven, but I see his righteousness. The reason why sin has been dealt with, yet he tells you, stay away from sin. Go this way, go that way. It's because now that you have become God's righteousness, you must now act out his righteousness. Who he is. As and when you, be, as and when you, you live out his righteousness, everybody will see and know that this is God at work. That is how the believers were seen and called Christians after Christ. So you see, there is something deeper than just knowing that righteousness is just right standing with God. What is right standing? You mean that when you stand before God, you are standing right? What does he mean? I'm telling you, righteousness is not well understood. Justification is not well understood. Redemption is not well understood. It's a whole mixture. So you cannot live out the boldness. Do you know the things you can stop with your word at a, at a command? Just because you are God's righteousness? Just because you have right standing with him? What is righteousness? What right standing with God? What is right standing with God? Okay. Let me just give you, let me help you here. When we say you are, you have right standing with God, it means when it comes to morality, every moral, I mean, height that God has, when he sees you, you have the same thing. It does not matter what you even do. When it comes to his holiness, you have the exact holiness. When it comes to his perfection, you have the exact. So, when he sees you, there's nothing wrong with you. You are just like him. That is the reason why you can share what he has. 
Can you see this? When you look into the concordances and then the, some of the Greek, they will tell you, they explain righteousness as standing, living, blah, blah, blah. Yes, they don't get deeper. But you see, every morality that God has, because God is a person, and if he's a person, it means he has intelligence. Every morality, the highest, the perfect, and anyone that has one of the, you know, so it's like God's standards of morality is like this. If you are not saved, you cannot match here. You don't have right standard. So, he's, you, are, you are wrong. Like, before you even do anything, like you are wrong. Before you even sin, you are wrong. You have sinned. But when you become born again, whatever standing he has, he picks all of them and he puts them on you. So you have received exactly who he is. Exactly what he has. That is what we call right standing with God. So our faith in Jesus transferred. That is why it is not your righteousness. It is not what you, it's not you living right by human standards. You live out God's right way of living life. Can you see this? So you see, our faith in Jesus transfers God's what? Righteousness to us. And what does that give us? It now declares us flawless in his eyes. Which means of every standard, he sees you flawless. You haven't fallen short in any of them. That is why Romans chapter 3 verse 23 does not speak of you. For all have seen them falling short. It doesn't speak of you. That's why there's no full stop. It speaks of before we came into Christ. All men have sinned. But look at the next one. Can you see this? Being justified. Who is the just? So you have not fallen short of, of glory. Adam fell short of that glory. And in fact, when you study clearly, the falling short of the glory was actually the falling short of the law. They couldn't meet the standard of the law. See, the law was not bad. The law was perfect. It was good. But the law could not do because of the frailty of humans. It couldn't have its way working through men. Can you see this? So when we say righteousness, that is who you are. How, how morally, <laughs> how perfect God is, is who I am. Ephesians, is it Ephesians 4, 25 or 24? Say so you are what? Created after God. In what? Through what? Holiness and what? Read. Everybody, one go. In what? 
in his. In his. You have been created in his perfect righteousness. And you now belong to him in the realm of what? True holiness. His holiness is what you you are now. His perfect righteousness is what you are now. That is who the born again is. That is why you don't go to God and say, God, please, if I've done anything wrong, forgive me. Yeah, He doesn't see you like that. Anytime he sees you, he sees you as himself because of you being in Christ. It is because of Jesus. God sees you as this is what is crushing the minds of a lot of people. They don't think you are as holy as because yesterday you went to sin. You did that so you are not as holy as because they think the holiness that God made you is like a, a dress you wear. It's not a dress you wear that you can take off. Read it. God has recreated you. It's your nature. The born again has a nature. Can you see this? Please believe it. Let nobody confuse you. Yes, the believer is not supposed to be indulging in sin. Why? Because so that he can outlive out. He can outlive what? The righteousness of God that he has become. Because God will not do those things. Not because we will go to hell. Not because of that. All things are what? What did Paul say? All things are permissible, but not all things are lawful. Which means, he can decide to do everything, but they are not lawful. Where is that law coming from? The law of the spirit of life. The law of the spirit of life forbids you from partaking in certain things because it has separated you from the law of sin and death. So, people are doing this. You want to, that is how you must have a close relationship with the Holy Spirit so that He stops you. No, no, this is not righteousness. Now, it is not everything good is not right. But every right thing is good. Because the Bible says that through knowledge shall the just be delivered. Satan can enslave you. He can only enslave you with ignorance. 2 Timothy 2.26 And they shall recover themselves when they know the truth from the hands of the devil. You are ignorant, you will perish. For lack of knowledge, my people perish. Do you know who he was talking to? His priest. His own priest. Lack of knowledge. So, let's receive some knowledge and some light. Anybody has any question? Pastor, I have a question, but I've forgotten the chapter and the Don't verse worry, just ask. And... Just ask. But I can't quote it well, too. Okay. He says, after we have received the knowledge of, about the good and evil, there's no, there's no assurance for us to... Pastor, I hope you have gotten me. Or... No, you go on. Go on. Go on. I will get it. I say, after you have received the knowledge about good and evil... Yes. And if you continue sin, mm-hmm. there is no way for us to go to, to heaven. So I, I want you to straight, straight the question for me and answer it for me. Too. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Somebody wants to answer. Okay. Show us Hebrews chapter 6, 
verse 4. Yes. Is that what you mean? Show us NLT or something so we can... For it is impossible to bring back a repentant those who were once enlightened, those who have experienced the good things of heaven and shared in the Holy Spirit. This one. Okay. Who have tasted the goodness of the word of God and the power. So he said this one. So he's asking, and this is, a, this is an area where a lot of people don't get it. I started telling you that, sorry, I've told you before that when a believer loses salvation, he can never receive salvation again. But you see, in some other meeting places, you will hear them say that if you want to receive the Lord again, come forward. Anybody that wants to receive Jesus again, it's called rededication. Please, you cannot receive the Lord again. Didn't you read it? For it is impossible to bring back. Show us TPT. So everybody will get it. Thank you for this question. It is impossible to restore an apostate. An apostate is somebody that has fallen from the faith. It is impossible. It is impossible. This one is similar to the workings of faith. Without faith, it is impossible to please God. It is impossible to restore an apostate. Anyone that has fallen from the faith. For once a person has come into God's light and tasted of the gift of the heavenly realm and has received the Holy Spirit and feasted on the good word of God and has entered into the power of the age that is breaking in. If he abounds, abandons his faith, there is no use even trying to lead him to repentance. By their sin of apostasy, they re-crucified the son of God and have publicly repudiated him. Which means, Jesus is not dying again. To make somebody receive salvation again is to cause Jesus to die again. Which will never happen. But you see, there is a key there. Let's do King James. From the verse 4, I will show you. He gave you five qualifications. You must qualify before you lose salvation. You must qualify or satisfy these five uh, conditions before you can lose your salvation. Okay. So we, we go through. For it is impossible for those who were once enlightened. Now, they have tasted of the heavenly gift that is salvation. So they are saved. One. And, so you see, it's not all. So one, you must taste of the heavenly gift, which is the, the salvation. You have become a partaker of the Holy Ghost. Can you see, comma? And, you have tasted of the word of God. So you have the word in you. You are born of the word. You eat the word. And then, the next one, and the power of the world to come. Now, here, the power of the world to come, it speaks of the matured in Christ. Who tastes of the giftings and the revelations that is yet to be revealed. 
It takes only the matured. And I showed you one. In 1 John chapter 2, from verse 12, he began to speak of the levels of our growth. Children, young men, and fathers, the matured. When he got to the fathers, he likened them to 1 John 1.1. 1, 1. Do you remember 1 John 1.1? 1, 1? Okay, show them 1 John 1.1. 1, 1. That which was from the beginning, which we have heard, which we have seen with our eyes, which we have looked upon, and our hands have handled the, okay, the word of life. Now, this is a revelation that John received when he became matured. In John chapter 1 verse 1, he didn't see the word of life. He saw the word only. In Revelation chapter 1, he did not see the word. He did not see the word of life. He saw the glorified Christ. So every scene came what he saw. Now, when you become matured in Christ, there are some dimensions of revelations God begins to give you. Can you see it? We call it, so, so you see, God can begin to show you things in heaven, things that are about to be unleashed in eternities to come. He begins to reveal to you guys. It takes the matured in Christ to, 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 to enjoy that one. Can you see this? That is what he says in uh, the Hebrews 6. He says, and the powers of the world to come. The aeons to come. Comma. He said, if they fall away, what it means is that if this person who received salvation, who received the Holy Ghost, who tasted the word, received the word, born by the word, etc. And who received these eternal revelations of the world to come. If this guy falls off, which means the climax of the person that is able to go through this is the one that is matured. A baby cannot lose his salvation. A baby cannot lose salvation. The matured can lose his salvation. But that one he didn't say just one of these ones. He must, he must satisfy all of them. Can you see this? Do you know what the word partakers of the Holy Ghost mean? He has received the Holy Ghost. He works with the Holy Ghost. He's one with the Holy Ghost. A man of God had an encounter to have. He said, nobody have ever walked with me like Paul walked. Closeness with the Holy Ghost. Such a person. It means that this guy has so much in death. So much knowledge about God, the things of God, the Holy Ghost. He knows the word. He, he, he receives even revelations of, of eternities that is yet to come. Such closeness. All these qualifications. He is the one that is qualified to lose his salvation. And he says, and if that guy, if he loses salvation, there is no way in bringing him back. So you see, in the churches, when they say that rededicate your life to Christ, what actually they want to say is that your zeal is gone down. They don't need to receive Jesus again. I just want to be funny. Lash them. Now begin to tell them about the gospel of Christ. Okay? Now if their zeal is going down, there is one there could be one reason. Take it, brethren, lest there be any, there be in any of you and what evil heart of what unbelief in departing from the living God. Uh huh. Thirteen. 
that, but exhort one another daily, whilst it is called today, lest any of you be what? Hardened through the deceitfulness of sin. So when somebody's zeal is going down, please, don't look too far. The person is in some kind of sin. And so his heart is being hardened. That's what is happening. So what do you do? You begin to speak, exhort the person in the message of grace and bring the person back. When they say stop sinning and you continue to sin, stop sinning and you continue to sin, you wonder if you will end up in Hebrews chapter 6. This is how it starts. Your heart will become hardened over time. Now very soon, the things that are sin to people is okay for you. Let me tell you one of the sins that has become normal to both believers and unbelievers alike, fornication. It, it has become normal. Because their heart is hardening and they have no idea. So now what ideally, after you have received Jesus, you hear of this thing and you know, you, you sigh away and you move away. Now it has become normal. Watch out. Your heart is hardening. Do you know what will happen to you? Romans chapter 2. You will have zeal, but you have it without knowledge. You will have zeal, but without knowledge. 10 verse 2. Okay. He said, for I bear them record. That what? They have what? But not according to knowledge. <laughs> I'm telling you, there are a lot of both preachers and born agains. They have zeal for God. But without knowledge. And the one who did who wrote this one was in that category. Once before, Paul. He has zeal. But it wasn't according to knowledge. See, when your heart is becoming harder and harder and harder, you will fall into this trap. You do everything God says we should do. But you do it without knowledge. So it doesn't benefit you. And when your heart get, starts getting harder, the very scripture that says that don't do this. You see, the way it is going, for example, fornication is something the Bible says, stop it. It said, don't let it be even named amongst you. That's what the Bible says. Don't, don't let it be named among you. The same Bible we believed and was saved through believing the word. It's the same one that said that don't let it be named amongst you. He said it's a shame for it to be named amongst you. And he mentioned fornication and adultery. This is the very thing that is not seen like that today. It is rather seen in a different way. You know, when we're having the Ahava and I was saying some things, some of you might think I was just saying what I don't know. If you want to stick to the scriptures, there is a way people will not agree. Look at it. But fornication and all uncleanness or covetousness, let it not be once named among you as becometh what? Saints. So it should not be named among us. But today, it doesn't prick us. You, you get what I'm trying to say? Because yes, that revelation about that area, our heart is hardened in that area. The day that heart is broken, these scriptures will mean fire in your belly. Today, such scriptures is not fire in your belly. You stay away or run away. <laughs> like Joseph. But today, we don't run away. We look for. People won't come go to church 
but we'll find time to go spend time together. And the resultant result. So what I'm saying is that, you see, Satan makes the world look like we are in a different um, 20th century. This Bible has been there before 20th century. It is more civilized and more current than 21st century or 35th century. So how many of you you want to rededicate your life? If I want to get into this, it will become a whole thing. Because once you become born again, there is a life you have now. It's the life of the Son of God. You want to rededicate it. Do you know when you become born again, you don't have a life? So which one are you rededicating? You have somebody's life, you are going to rededicate. <laughs> Alright. Any other question? Quickly. Okay. Uh-huh. It's a fearful thing to fall into the, the, the hands of the living God. I don't understand that question, that statement. <laughs> okay, all right. So it's a fearful thing to fall in the hands of the de- of, of of God. Of living God, yes, sir. You don't understand. Yes, sir. Okay. Look for a scripture for us, please sit down. Who would like to answer? You want to answer? Who would like to try? Reese, you want to try? It's a fearful thing to fall in their hands. It's true. <laughs> Have you heard the scripture before? It's a fearful thing to fall in the hands of, the, of, of God. Do you even need... Yeah. Do you, think, do, do you even need explanation? There's no review to this. <laughs> Okay, let's start from verse 29. How much more severely do you suppose a person deserves to be judged who has contempt for God's son and who scorns the blood of the new covenant that made him holy? Did he, are you looking at it? Just so that we don't take it out of context. See, he's telling you something here. How much more severely do you suppose a person deserves to be judged who has Contempt for God's son. One. And who has, who scorns the blood of the new covenant that made him holy and has outraged the spirit of grace. So he's talking about three things here. The son of God, the blood of the covenant, and the spirit of grace. Okay. For we know him who said, I have the right to take revenge and pay them back for their evil. And also, the Lord God will judge his own people. Hmm. It is most terrifying thing of all to come under judgment, the judgment of the living God. Don't you remember those days right after the light shined in your heart? You endured a great marathon season of suffering, hardship, yet you stood your ground. Okay, now... What he's saying here is that, you know, there are some people that take into, similar one is what he says in Romans chapter 1 verse 18, where he talks about people take the, the truth in unrighteousness. So, like the message of the Son of God, the blood of the covenant, and then the Holy Ghost. 
you cannot speak anything on truth about these. You will be in deep trouble. When Jesus was on the earth, he told you something. He said, if you speak or say anything bad about him, you will be forgiven as the son of man. But if you speak against the Holy Ghost, you shall not be forgiven today and time eternity. Why is it that now he's saying that if you speak against the Son of God, because he's not talking about the Jesus that was on the flesh. He's not talking about the resurrected Christ. And he's also speaking of the the most amazing thing he came to do for his people, the covenant. And the Holy Spirit of grace. You speak against this one, you put yourself into trouble. Today you can just be any, any you see, you, you can just be open your mouth because you have been to school or you don't care or, and then you speak against the Lord or you speak against G, the Holy Ghost. Or you speak again, even the blood of Jesus. Please, the blood of Jesus has its place. The blood of Jesus is not given to you to cast out devils. The blood of Jesus was not given to you to plead your case or to deal with devils. There is only one name. That has been given to us. Yes. I know there are books that tells you about the blood of Jesus. I plead the blood of Jesus on the, on the devil. And he flew blah blah blah. That is not entirely truth. The blood of Jesus has its way. And place. Don't take it out of context. There was a Chinese guy. Born again that was in a train going somewhere and some guys were in the train it was a long journey and they were playing you know cards or something and they said oh why don't you come and play with us and he said I don't have my own hands to play with you have you heard that story before I don't have my own hands to play that game and they look at him strangely and they said, ah, but you, isn't it your hand? He said, yes, but it's not mine. So they thought he was mad. So knowing what they were thinking, he answered them and said, I was purchased by the blood of Jesus. I am not myself. I am owned. Somebody owns me. And until he allows me and shows me what I can use my hands to do, I can't use my hands to play what you are playing. So they asked questions, obviously. Then he got the opportunity to tell them about the gospel of Jesus. You see? He understands the place of the blood. The blood of Jesus was the currency that purchased you. The blood of Jesus is where the covenant, the testament is saved and found. The blood of Jesus is the voice of grace that is speaking better things than the blood of Abel. Mm. 
You know why? Because the blood of Abel was crying for vengeance. But the blood of Christ cries for grace. If it has not been the blood of Jesus, God would have come long ago. When we're found in some, some acts, some places, some things, but the blood still speaks. You know how urgent the father wants to come and he's excited for the end because of the things that are going to happen in the end. But Jesus still please. Just so that many shall come. Do you even know what the Bible says? Because even when it comes to the, the matter of our faith, it is not getting there like he wants things to be. So he asks the question, when he comes on the earth, will he even find faith on the earth? When you hear of death and blessing, which one of them moves you? I'm asking you a question. If you hear of death, like somebody's come to die in your family, or you, and you hear about blessing, you have been blessed, which one of them moves you? Death. When you are told you are blessed, bless, pray for the manifestation of the blessings. You will not pray. You pray anyhow. But when you are told that there is death in your family, death is around you, you can pray continuously for several days. Is it true? Why? Because you are afraid to die. Because of fear. Do you know who a mature Christian is? Jesus said, who are you looking for? He said, I'm looking for the Christ. He said, I am he. He's the only person that saw death come and gave himself. That was the same thing the apostles, the same life they lived. They were happy to die. Paul said, for he see the sentence of death in his, in his flesh that we may live. They kept talking about death in them. Death in them. Death in them. They were so in a hurry to die so they can go see Jesus. This is what we call maturity. Where death has no dominion. Where death has no impact. If today, death can scare you, you have a long way to go. Christ can come now. Because there is still some fear hiding somewhere. And until all fear is taken out of your flesh, you are still a baby. You have a lot to do. Look at how you will pray when you are going to your village. Look at how you will pray when you are going to sit in an aeroplane. Look at how you behave when there is any sign of death or any thought of death. You see? The church must grow. Why you come to the reality of 1 Corinthians 3.21 that death is yours. You quote that death is mine, yet you are afraid of death. How can death be yours, yet? He says, for all things are yours. Thank you, Holy Spirit. He says, for all things are yours. Yet, when we speak of death, you are sick, you are coughing blood, you are doing, and all you think about is death. I've been meditating on this today. And the Holy Spirit said to me, he said, 
do you know what I've given you guys? Do you know that when you meditate on these things, don't you? He said, do you know that at your word, a matter just, just stopped? Like Joshua stopped the sun. Thank you for listening to this message. We believe you have been blessed by it. We are Word and Spirit and we invite you to worship with us. You will fall in love with our Wednesday teaching service, Christian Rayma 9 at 6 p.m. Encounter the supernatural in our Friday services, dubbed Night of Bliss at 6 p.m. And sit under the reign of heaven in our Furnace service on Sunday at 8 a.m. Follow the Prophet of God on his official Facebook page, Prophet Danny-L Jedu, and on Instagram as Prophet Danny L. Jedu. For videos, you can subscribe to his YouTube channel. Prophet Daniel Jedu's book, Partnership with the Lord is Out, and it's selling fasting prints and on Amazon. This book has all you need to help you assess your God-given right. You can contact Word and Spirit International contact services on plus 233-54722-1773 or plus 233-50432-8959 for any inquiries. So many people are listening to Prophet Daniel Jedu's podcast on Podbean and many have received testimonies by listening. We want you to share your testimony with us by leaving a write-up of it in the comment section or sending it to us via email to contact at wordloversglobal.com. You were made to live from glory to glory and your testimony is about to shake the world. You are blessed.